You are listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Good morning. Good morning to you. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. In contrast to previous intros, I'm feeling... Not that I haven't been feeling great, or or like neutrally good, you know. Because I, I think were you hiding things as <laughs> few recording sessions? Yeah. But we had like the impromptu conversation about like a pessimist's okay is yes. like an optimist's excellent. I am at a pessimist's excellent. <laughs> I am doing spectacular. Wow, so, how are you doing? We could call you Spider Man. <laughs> Spectacular. <laughs> oh, I get it. Spider-Man. Spectacular Spider-Man. That's right. You know what I mean? That's right. Yeah, I feel good. Good. That's I feel great. great. I feel well. I... That's specific, in a way. No, I just... You feel well. Feel yeah. In good health. Yeah, I feel that way. That's good. It is just at that intersection of summer giving way to fall. I'm so excited. Where... I am still content with the weather. <laughs> oh. It's like... Yeah, it's... Because mm. when fall actually kicks into full gear, mm-hmm. that's when I start really? getting sad. Oh. Because I know winter is yeah. nary around the corner. Here's the thing, right? It's too hot for me right now. <laughs> I, I'm not... I'm, I'm, I'm unable to thrive. Did these... you walk outside this morning, though? Did you not feel... Well, right now it's fine, but... It's going to be like probably 90 something today. Well, yeah, it is going to warm up that's later just today. Not, that's not quite, it's not where I, I ideally reside. So I'm, I'm waiting for that fall. I'm when waiting for I the autumn to hit. let Mowgli, our golden retriever out mm-hmm. this morning, it smelled like autumn, like an autumn morning. Do you know what I'm describing? Already. Yeah, I it's love it. like the scent of, the sound gross, but I don't know how else to describe it. Dead leaves? Yeah, and yeah exactly right. It smells like football season. Yeah, yep. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> you know, the sun rise looks yeah. a particular way. Yeah. It's, it's just, I was like, oh, yes, autumn is coming. I'm so excited. Practically here. Wearing boots again, you know? I did have a pumpkin spice latte the other day. Yeah. First one. Was it yeah. satisfying? It was. It I was. like them. I'm just going to really put enjoy that. that. Out there I'm not right even going to be, I'm not even ashamed. Absolutely not. They're good. They're just, <laughs> they're good. It's like, do you like dessert? Do you want to drink it? Yes. <laughs> Of course it's good. I don't I don't care about connotations, social connotations. Get out of here. It's good. I like my coffee. I like my pumpkin spice latte and I like my white mocha. Leave me alone. Yeah. So does John Eklund for those of you who <laughs> care about that sort of thing. Uh, well, I got a joke for you, by the way. Yeah? Yeah. What's the difference between a literalist and a kleptomaniac? <laughs> oh, uh, one's pedantic and the other shoplifts close <laughs> a literalist is someone who takes things literally a kleptomaniac is someone who takes things literally <laughs> come on <laughs> oh you set me up for that what that i don't even maybe you should apologize should i apologize <laughs> Listen, that's a bit i'm mm, a dad now you are i've been a dad for two and a half years now yeah well i'm entitled to make a joke like that i'm entitled to tell a joke like that i guess you are that's an ancient joke practically that's like just reaching back into the the archives of old you know that's like the church fathers of jokes (laughs) really no okay (laughs) literally i should have said that's it yeah (laughs) i hate myself look see it sucks you into its gravity No, I, I enjoy good wordplay like yeah. that, you know, and fun, you know, in its own way. In its own way. <laughs> Time and place. But it brings us to the point of discussion for today's episode, which is biblical 
literalism. Mm -hmm. So I think this is an unfortunately and much misunderstood and maligned topic among both historically Orthodox Christians and even those who are hostile to the scriptures. Yeah. I I can definitely see like this space for a heated debate here, but I'm not completely sure I know that much about what we're dealing with. Oh uh, yes, it is always helpful to define our terms. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? aren't we great at that? Don't we love defining oh, our terms? It's immensely helpful. We need to do it. So yeah, I guess we should probably first examine what biblical literalism means mm-hmm. as a term. And funny enough, that's actually part of the problem. Oh, <laughs> okay, I see. <laughs> it's a bit tricky to define because. If you look at, for example, the Chicago Statement on Biblical Inerrancy, mm-hmm. you'll get a pretty good like definition of what the term ought to mean. Oh, okay. But what the term has come to mean in yeah. like the cultural milieu is completely, completely different. So, let's just look at what the Chicago Statement says. Here's okay. one of the things they say. I just pulled one of their affirmations. We affirm the necessity of interpreting the Bible according to its literal or normal sense. That's a pretty important distinguishing term there. Keep that in mind. Normal sense. The literal sense is the grammatical historical sense. That is the meaning which the writer expressed. Interpretation according to the literal sense will take account of all figures of speech and literary forms found in the text. Mm. There are actually a lot of things I really like about that. Mm -hmm. Specifically the mention of the historical intent. I think that is super huge. Yes. And given that it's probably not the topic Today, I'm just going to talk about how much I love it. <laughs> because like when we started this, I had some some kind of vague red flags, probably ones that you were considering when you said how it was a much maligned and misunderstood topic. It's like, oh, it's, I'm probably part of that problem. Um, but, you know, I hear the mention of literalism and, and unfortunately I run to the conclusion that somebody probably must definitely mean some sort of like anemic face value approach where you just take something for what you think it probably is, but you do so in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. And it's as if interpretation is like an opposing force. It's an mm. unwelcome invader. So it's like, <laughs> oh, it's only what I read it to be right here with absolutely no other context. And I think when we approach it that way our understanding is mostly just based on impulse and Mm -hmm. impulse through a modern lens. Yes. Which is super unhelpful. Right. So suffice to say, I love hearing a lot of these qualifiers that the Chicago Statement covers. It seems seems really helpful. Yeah. It's like those fellas knew what they were doing when they (laughs) got together and put this robust statement together. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a really good, clear, and helpful way to define what we're talking about when we use a term like biblical literalism Mm -hmm. or... I'll say what we should mean when we're talking about something like biblical literalism. Because if that is what we mean by the term, I completely agree with that. I think that's a very helpful way of talking about it. And I imagine that if you look back across the span of church history, or even if you put that sort of a definition in front of most Christians... I think most would agree with that. Yeah, it seems pretty universal. Yeah, as long as they didn't have any other weird ideas combating with that, (laughs) um, which, you know, occasionally happens. They're out there. So I think most Orthodox Christians would agree with that way of talking about it. Mm -hmm. But I do think that there are some key terms and phrases in that statement that even if someone honored that statement with their lips, their heart might be far from it. Because there are things in there I think they get overlooked or neglected in a lot of discussions on this issue, or at least the ones that I hear or read about. Mm -hmm. For example, that statement says that the literal sense will take account of all figures of speech and literary forms found in the text. That's pretty stinking important. Yeah, it kind of is. It really is. And 
here's why. Imagine you're sitting in a wooden pew at an old country church, right? Yeah. And the preacher gets up and puts both hands, you know, on both sides of the pulpit and uh-huh. leans in. And, I can see it. You know, says something like, we must take every word of the Bible literally as God's truth. You know, right? you know what I'm just thinking about, though? What? Robert Pattinson. <laughs> In that Netflix, in that Netflix film, delusions. That's the only thing I know about the entire film is that he says that word. So in this scenario, it's Rob Pattinson. That's it. You can see it. Mm-hmm. You can see it. So he says that, and then he opens his Bible and proceeds to read and preach on Psalm ninety four twenty two on how the Lord has become my stronghold and my God the rock of my refuge. Well, do you take that verse literally? I'm starting to think Rob Pattinson had a point. <laughs> Oh, see, see, this is when we get into word games, that's when I start getting impatient with literalism. This is sure. when I'm like, okay, okay, I'm, I can feel the temperature rising. <laughs> um, Ethan, is your face getting red? Are you getting flushed in the cheeks? Well, okay, so here's here's kind of my background question. And, and it kind of deals with something that the Chicago Statement makes space for. But it's a question I have about why or how or, or the license at which they're taking to do so. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let me use other English words. <laughs> Does a literal approach truly give space for figures of speech, for parables, even even for sarcasm? Yeah. Or do we have to enforce caveats and loopholes to have our literal cake and, and figuratively eat it too? Mm-hmm. Like when we say literal, and I realize it's I'm challenging the definition of literal, I guess. Right. Does literal genuinely have space for that? Or do we make the space so we can comfortably say... Yeah, I believe in the literal words of the Bible, except this enormous wealth of scripture that might be difficult to truly sell as literal. Yes. And that brings up a great point that, you know, we've defined, oh, here's what we mean by biblical literalism. Yeah. What do we mean by the term literal? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> we use that word, the word literally, <laughs> very liberally. Of course. You know, like, oh, it was like he literally ran me over with a steamroller. Like, <laughs> no. I mean, if you're using the word strictly and woodenly, he did not. You would be dead. No, you would, would be not dead. be here telling us. It would be like it would be in the newspaper (laughs) it would and that boy would be in jail you know if he'd been caught so yeah it depends on what you mean by literally to your point so let's let's run with this example that we pulled from the psalm do we think the psalmist is saying that god is a literal physical rock that you could pick up or that you could stand on Hmm. well no and no one that i know of in church history has ever interpreted it that way ever i mean i'm sure there's some wackadoo somewhere who has but somebody has done that no one who's writing has survived (laughs) Or anyone who's been licensed and ordained to preach in a pulpit today is going to interpret it that way. Because, I mean, you have other scripture that clearly says that God is spirit, John Mm -hmm. 4, 24, and that God dwells in unapproachable light whom no one has ever seen or can see, as 1 Timothy 6, 16. So, you know, you ask the question, well, is the psalmist just being silly and contradictory, you know? Well, no, he's using a figure of speech, using a metaphor specifically to communicate a and here's, I think, the key difference, a literal truth about oh, okay. God in a way that we can understand based on our sensory experience of the world. So, God is not a literal physical rock, and it actually would, in fact, be dishonoring to assume he was. Like, say, oh, your God's a, a literal physical rock? Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. that's ludicrous. A lot of people went down the route of idolatry doing Yes, that. exactly, exactly. But, you know, if you happen to be standing on, like, a large bedrock— mm. That would remind you of God insofar as it's something solid, it's reliable, it's immovable that you can stand firmly upon and you can build upon it. And God is like that. And this actually brings up another point that we'd have to do another episode on this, but I think it fits into this discussion at least briefly. Mm -hmm. All of our language about God is by nature analogical. 
So what that means is we can never, in a way that we can understand, talk about God as he is in his pure and undefiled essence, Mm -hmm. right? Like we're just not capable of wrapping our heads around that. Right. So all of our language about him is going to be analogical in a sense, in that it's going to take something that we know, hear, and understand, and we'll apply it, quote unquote, to him, but we don't apply it in a way that's like, it's not a one-to-one thing, right? It's not uh, what philosophers would call univocal language. It's not a one-to-one correspondence. It's like, it reminds you of him in this quality. Mm. For example, we talk about God as a, God as a father, right? He is a father. He's a father to us as adopted children. He is a father, more strictly speaking, because he has an only begotten son, and that makes him a father. But when we think of father, the only way we have of understanding that is, oh, like I was born because someone sired me, right? Like I fathered me. But it wouldn't be accurate to say, well, God is the bigger, better version of (laughs) our fathers, right? right? It's like, God is the fountain of fatherhood. Mm-hmm. Like he is like, you see, we're like, we have to, we're really grasping for these things. And like, we can know him and understand him, but it's analogical. Yeah. And so when we're talking about biblical literalism. We have to fit that caveat in there. So like when the psalmist is saying, God is my rock, not only is that metaphorical, it's also analogical. So, so the application of calling something literal here is actually like a layer deep. Yes. Okay. Right. And, uh, and, and just so to clear the air, I guess, I don't know, like this isn't even just something that we do just like with the Bible. Mm-hmm. Like we do this in real life. So it's not something we like that theologians or philosophers oh, made up right. as a category to say, oh, this is how we can, you know, Still say we qualify it as. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, so we can have a literal profession of biblical inerrancy and then have our figurative cake too. Mm-hmm. So for example, you know, let's suppose we're at PNC Park gotcha. watching a Pirates baseball game. Is Rob Pattinson there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he might be, you know, okay. you never know. I'm there with Rob. But, um, you know, suppose we're sitting there watching it, and at one point, the announcer observes, oh, Reynolds steals second base. You know, he ran to second base. What a kleptomaniac. <laughs> well, that's right. Like, do we take that statement literally, right? Yeah. Because that depends on what you mean by literally. Because that statement in that particular context actually never means... I don't know anyone who's ever said that in a baseball game and meant, oh, Reynolds literally picked up second base and then ran out of the park and absconded with it. I'm sure there was like some really dumb senior prank, like in the, in the history of high school. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> but outside of that, I can't imagine. <laughs> right. Like when you're actually at the game, like, yeah, uh, yeah, I can, I can imagine that showing up in some yearbook. Someone like snapped a photo like, oh, he's still second and he's running away. Well, the more it. I think about it, the better it sounds, actually. <laughs> Get on that, high schoolers. (laughs) Come on. Make that a prank if you haven't already. But no, like at that baseball game, you can take that statement literally. But what you mean by it is that Reynolds literally ran to second base without getting thrown out, even though he wasn't entitled to it, which is another like weird, like we mean that literally, but in baseball saying you're entitled to a base means something different, right? So he, he ran to second base like before the pitcher could even mm-hmm. throw the baseball to the batter. The f- you know what I mean? Fella, For those of us who, you know, like if you're, if you're like, I've never even heard the term stolen second base, you know, you're not a baseball aficionado. So, you, so all that is to say is an example that what we mean by literally mm. even depends on the context. Yeah. So when Paul, for instance, says that enslavers will not inherit the kingdom of God, that's a pretty straightforward statement. Like, and they're like- It actually is. You and know that's what I mean? Paul like, we're talking about. And it's pretty, it's actually not as difficult, I think, as you might imagine, to, to look at the scriptures and say, which of these are taken more straightforward yeah, and which of these are symbolic or metaphorical or analogical. It's like, yeah, when Paul says, enslavers won't inherit the kingdom, 
It's like, well, now, do you suppose that analogically, enslavers are those who... I don't even... Like, yeah, like, I'm... What about the CEO of Visa? Yeah, like... <laughs> Well, that's kind of different. Yeah, like that. You know what I mean? But when Jesus says, I am the vine, well, if you looked at him, it's like, well, he's not a grape-bearing plant. No, not seeing much foliage here. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, we kind of intuitively can do this. Yeah, yeah. So, when Jesus says, I'm the vine, he's communicating a literal truth about himself metaphorically. So, all that to say, again, when we're reading the Bible, and I think especially when we're reading cryptic books or more cryptic books like Ezekiel or Daniel or Revelation, other books, I mean, you got like Zechariah in there, all kinds of other books. Mm -hmm. We simply need to keep our eyes peeled and ask, is this a figure of speech or a symbol? And if so, what literal truth is it communicating? Yeah. yeah. I think that's the key. I think it's a very concise way to sum that up because I think it's, it's also something that you can miss entirely when you just hear the words biblical literalism. Sure. And they're really important details. Like if you walk into it with the same baggage that I did, it literally, well, I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> the irony is thick. I love it. At the beginning of this episode, you know, I had some of these same like quibbles and I just love now hearing the acknowledgement of these literary devices and the truth that they communicate that is just below the surface. Right. That is in fact actually still literal where, you know, yeah. I was like ready to be like, I don't know about that. Yeah. Well, actually, you know, they kind of figured that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that should not be surprising. Right. I also kind of just want to shout out Second Peter 3.16, the lesser known 3.16. <laughs> Of all three sixteens, I think it's a great one, though. I think it should be more popular. Um, I just didn't know where to put it because, really, it's just—it's great, though, because it is difficult to completely understand some things. And that verse is like, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Sometimes it's a little difficult. It is. Yeah, and you're referring to that verse in Peter where he says um, there are things that Paul has written. Yeah, Paul's like maybe not super clear. All yeah, the he's time. hard to understand, and the ignorant and unstable twist some of his words to their own destruction. Yes. Um. Which I think actually can round us out here. Again, probably could do a whole other episode on this. But the whole idea of the clarity of Scripture, you know, the perspicuity of Scripture, mm. is that Scripture is clear, and you can understand it, but it's not equally clear throughout. And there are things that you would need help to fully comprehend. Definitely. And, and most historic confessions and documents of the faith would acknowledge that. Sure. And... That doesn't mean that you should stop reading your Bible, but it just means, that, yeah, like there are things that are hard to understand. For sure. And take more time, more mm -hmm. thought. You have to be willing to wrestle a little more and think a little more deeply and maybe ask for some help. And, exactly. I, and some of the more symbolically heavy books and like sections like of Daniel, like, oh yeah, yeah, you should, that's probably not quite as simple as it appears on the surface. Yeah. Can't exactly just waltz in there sometimes. Right. Exactly. So yeah, that's biblical literalism for you right there. Amazing. Bada bing, bada boom. And uh, if you found this episode uh, muddying and confusing, you know, just go read the Chicago Statement on Biblical Inerrancy and they'll clear it all up for you. So thanks as always for listening at any rate. And yeah. uh, if you have any questions on this or other topics, you can always feel free to shoot us an email at podcast at horizonschurch.net. You can interact with us on social media. And uh, if you want to leave us a nice literal, uh -huh, clear, right. honest five-star mm -hmm. review, iTunes podcast area. Yeah. I don't like calling it the iTunes store because that's not... I don't think it's what it is anymore. No. Podcast but area. In, that's just yeah, what I've determined to call Apple it. Apple Music area? I don't sure, know. Sure, yeah. It's not even... Yeah, iTunes isn't even... That's like a... Yeah, I'm not sure if that's even exists anymore. Yeah. Here, the point is, when you leave a little review, as we discussed, you can also use metaphor. <laughs>
<laughs> I wasn't really sure at the beginning. But now you can. You say, Josiah and Ethan have the key of knowledge. Is it a literal key? No, it is not. It is a figurative key. Oh, but he does communicate <laughs> a literal truth. Yes. Thank you, as always, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.